Welcome to He Restores My Soul with Jannie Ortland and Heidi Howerton, where you can find encouragement for your busy life through God's renewing mercies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to He Restores My Soul with Jannie Ortland and Heidi Howerton. Hello, everyone. We're glad to be back together with you today. Heidi and her family have just come back from the beach. Oh, we had the most wonderful time, Jannie. Nothing makes me happier than the ocean and some sunshine and just to have one week a year to kind of get away as our little family and enjoy each other's company is such a gift from Jesus. And your kids were so happy as they bounced in today and talked to me about the joyful things, the water park and the art shop. Art shard, shard art. Yes, shard we art. go, we take them. And the Howartons all had their masks on and we went in and were able to do some things but do social distancing. So I'm so thankful for, as the year passes, just learning how to be not fearful but cautious with the virus and trying to figure out what would the Lord have us do. Mm. Well, you're a good mama, Heidi. I admire you. And we're going to talk about mothering things today. Uh, we received some questions from our listeners, haven't we, who, who are wondering if we could share some ideas about fostering sibling relationships, helping our kids love each other, helping our kids at least be civil to each other. <laughs> and so Heidi and I want to talk about these today. Now, it would be really easy for Jannie Ortland just to give you a list of things to do and not do. That, tends to be how I love to counsel. Do this and don't do that and your life will be perfect. But that's really not what the Bible does. It's not how Jesus treats us. So I, we want this to be restorative to your soul, not just to your external behavior. Heidi and I could give you a list of do's and don'ts, but instead what we'd like to do is as you're out there swimming in an ocean of raising your kids, or for those of you who don't have children, maybe you're teaching, maybe you're a grandmother or an aunt, and you're wondering how to help foster good relationships between kids. We don't want to just give you a list. We'd like to throw you a life preserver, so to speak, that you can put around your waist, and that will help you float along more freely as you give yourself to the children in your life. So we have a couple questions from listeners today, Heidi. Uh, would you be willing to yeah, read one? let's jump right in. So here's question number one, Janie. Would you please share some wisdom on fostering loving sibling relationships? That's a good question. Oh, my goodness. I think that's something that every mom with more than one child struggles with. Yes, yes. And it can also spread out, even with those of us who have single children, just one child, when they play together, when they're at school. Ah, or, that's helpful. Or even if you're, you don't have children, but you're teaching a Sunday school class, or you're a teacher in public schools or uh, private schools. So fostering sibling relationships spreads out into how do children relate to each other. Mm -hmm. And it can be so hard because the kids are so little. A wise friend always tells me, Heidi, remember that your son is only five years old and he's just acting like a five-year-old. That nature, that behavior comes very natural to him. Yes, yes, that's good. Well, 
I think the first thing we as adults can do is model and talk about loving relationships. If the children in our lives see us modeling love, it will be easier for them to understand, more natural for them uh, to emulate us in how we love each other. I also think along this line, as we talk about it with our children and model it, that we need to recognize when they do it and affirm it. Oh, I just loved when I saw you share that toy with your brother. Or thank you so much for being the kind of boy that would go befriend our new student in his in our class today, Jack. Or wow, I saw you were really angry, but you didn't punch him. You tried to use words. So, first of all, model talk about it but also recognize and affirm it. Also, I would encourage when my kids were little, we had four little ones, when they were little, I would try to redirect them as much as possible. If it seemed like the tensions were building, hey, Dane, do you want to come out here and help me make some more Play-Doh? Or, hey, Eric, I know he really wants to get into your Legos. Could I help you put them all on a tray and we'll put them on a table that's too high for Gavin to reach? Those kind of redirections mean that you have to be on top of it. You have to be listening and you have to think, if I do not redirect, what will be the consequences? Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to step in and say, okay, let me put aside what I'm doing because this is important work too to step into that child and say, oh, you know, I notice it with Gideon that I'll say, let's play a game. If my boys are starting to get, they're like rough and tumble boys, yes, but they start to get worked up. If I can even just draw one child out and say, do you want to play spot it really quick for five minutes with me? That can help ease those tensions. Now, what was that game? Spot It. Spot It is one of our favorite games. how to play it. It has um, pictures on cards and you put two cards down And there's only one picture out of like each card has 10 pictures. There's one picture that's the same. And so even when my kids were three or four, they love to play this game. And it takes five minutes. It's a really sweet way to spend one-on-one time with a child, but not play a huge board game. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Maybe um, we'll get a little monetary (laughs) compensation for selling spot it, at least verbally on our podcast. That sounds great. I think I'm going to have to get a spot it game. So redirect, or as you say, call that child out and encourage him to do something with you rather than let it build up into that kind of angry, self-righteous fight. Here's the question, Jannie. What do you do when they start and they build up into that level and then they fight? Yes. Well, that's a hard question. (laughs) I'll tell you what we did. We had two options. We would correct them when it was needed. As you do in, in your family, Heidi, we've talked about this a little bit on our podcast. We've tried to build an Ortland family feeling. We're Ortlands. We don't do this. We're Ortlands. 
we don't slug our brother. Mm-hmm. And or even saying the positive, like we're Howertons and we build each other up. The Howertons love to be kind and encouraging to each other. Tell our listeners how you um, have used an example of building blocks. Yeah. So one of the ways that we have taught our kids to treat each other kindly or that we keep going back to when we have sinful struggles is that we all memorize Proverbs sixteen twenty four together. That says, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And so one year, Jannie, I actually gave each of the kids little blocks and we each of them had a set. And I said, build a tower. So they built a tower. And I said, every time you say one mean thing to your sibling or every time that you punch your brother, you're taking a block off of their tower or you're hurting their tower. And we went through the day, and if I heard a negative thing, I had them take down their towers. And if I heard a positive thing, I would say, every time you say something wonderful or loving to your sibling, you encourage them, you're kind to them, you're building their tower up. Help me to understand this better, Heidi. If Gideon said something negative about James, would he take something off of James' tower? tower. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So he could visually see he's tearing down his brother. And what if he said something positive? Then he'd put a block on his brother's tower so he could visually see, oh, I'm building James's tower up. Because we talked about, don't we all want to have big, tall towers? And we wanted that. We want the Howertons to be the kind of people that build each other's towers up. And then we would talk about this Bible verse. What are ways we can build each other up? We can use gracious words. And we would even make those big, strong arms and say, that's how we add health to our body. And so when I see the boys start tearing each other down, I'll stop them and say, hey, you guys are tearing each other's towers down again. Like, that's not how the Howertons want to be. The Howertons are loving. The Howertons are encouraging. The Howertons are tower builders. Or if I see them acting in a positive way, I'll say, oh, you're building your brother's tower up. That's so wonderful. And the good thing about that, Heidi, is you're trying to instill in your child an Uh other-centered view, which is very hard for a little one. Mm. That's why I needed you to clarify it for me. Because sometimes, especially two- and three-year-olds are not mature enough yet Ah. to love a sibling enough to want to build up their tower. Uh They only care about themselves at that point in their life. And we would talk about that. Like, how does it feel to have a block taken off of your tower? How does it feel for your, how does that sibling feel who was just hurt to try to get them to understand that it doesn't feel good when you do something to tear down somebody else's tower? That's good. That's good. So connect with your child and correct Re- help them through correction to do what you believe in your family is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. what God wants your family to be like, what Jesus is calling your children to become. Mm-hmm. That's good. I learned that from you, like having that family vision. What, who, who do we want? You always said, who do we want the Ortlands to be? What, do we, what is the Ortland family about? And we got that from you guys. Well, I'm sure we got it from someone else. <laughs> what do we have, Heidi, and that we, we have haven't not been received? given? Yes. yes. Wow. So we've been talking about correcting when needed, but we also want to talk about discipline, disciplining our children when it's absolutely necessary. In the Ortland household, we spanked for outright disobedience 
and strong disrespect. Now, we wouldn't spank for rolling the eyes, (laughs) but we would spank if one of my children slapped me, kicked me, uh, absolutely stomped his foot and said, no, I won't make me, or disobedience. When we said, you may not leave the backyard, and we find them out in the alley playing where it's dangerous. And did you spank if there was disobedience between the siblings? Like, say, one sibling hit another, or one sibling yelled at their sibling? How did that work? I rarely spanked for that because it was very hard to objectify Mm. where the anger began. That's helpful. Usually, if one of my children hit the other, it wasn't without provocation. Mm. So what would you do in that moment? I would usually separate them and say, you know, try some of these other things. Redirect and then correct. Mm -hmm. After they had calmed down, I would try to get them to come back together. It didn't always work in our family for us to say, now go tell Dane you're sorry. Because what would happen is the child would say, sorry. And then he had obeyed the letter of the law, but his heart hadn't changed. Discipline is for external behavior. It doesn't always change the heart. The idea is you want your kids' hearts to change so that they naturally want to be kind. They naturally want to obey. From inside their hearts, they want to make mommy and and daddy pleased. They want to do what they're asked. But foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. So sometimes we did have to spank. Mm -hmm. As you say that, I was going to mention that too, Janie. One of the things I'll do as my children are fighting with each other, treating each other poorly, is we'll stop and we'll pray and just say, Jesus, help help this one to love his siblings. And Jesus, change this one's heart. So give him a kindness and a love. Show him what to do when he feels so angry, God. Help him in this moment. He really needs help, just like we all do. Mm-hmm. And just like mommy needs help to not lose her temper, this little one needs help too. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like you said, only Jesus can change our hearts. Yes. But I do want our, our listeners to know that I don't believe it's a sin if you spank your child. Mm-hmm. I do believe it can be sinful if you do it out of rage mm-hmm. or um, if you become abusive by overly spanking them. We tended to limit, we'd use a wooden spoon and we tended to limit the number of swats according to years. So our two-year-old would get two hard swats on his thigh. Three-year-old, three hard swats. Usually by the time they were four, there were very few spankings. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, now we're, we're coming back to fostering sibling love. I rarely use spanking because of sibling fights. It just didn't work in our family. It didn't seem to make sense. But again, we want to build a family that says, we want to love each other. Jesus loves us. Mommy and Daddy love each other. We want to be a family that loves each other. There are, there are enough hardships outside our door, inside our four walls. We want to have a place of safety and security and love, which I think might lead us into our next question. So here's the next one, Janie. 
I am a stay-at-home mom of two young girls, and if I'm not fulfilled by the Lord each day, by His Word and Spirit, I find it so hard to parent them throughout the day. I wonder if you have any advice or examples on how to teach young siblings the right language and actions on how to love one another. I'm not sure how to train them to speak and act kindly towards one another. Hmm, That's a good question. This listener is asking just for some basic hints, right, on how to train them to love, different ways. Before in the other question, I felt we were talking more kind of interrupting and overseeing, Uh but this is how to get— Teach. Teach. Well, I can share some things that we did in our household and that worked for us. And then, Heidi, you pipe in, okay, because you're <laughs> such a wise mom. We're still in a war field over here. I'm swimming with all of you mamas out there trying to figure it out. But I love watching you. <laughs> can you believe her three kids are upstairs now while we're recording? They're just so wonderful. Mm. It's not always like that, though. Don't let her convince you. I just, or my heart is, they're amazing, amazing, amazing kids. But my heart is to just say that we struggle as much as any family does. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. No one understands how much a mother works, Mm -hmm. especially if she has to work outside her home. Mm -hmm. But I worked both in and outside my home. And I found, although teaching was very hard, it demanded a lot of me. When I left that school, I could leave it there. Mm -hmm. But at home, it's Mm 24-7. And you feel much more responsible for these little lives. So we get, moms, we get how hard it is and the responsibility you feel before the Lord. Here are some things uh, that helped me keep my sanity while we were raising our four little ones. I needed to keep the volume down in our home. We we usually lived in smaller homes and... Uh, The three boys had to share a bedroom, and Krista, our daughter, had her own. But the noise level would get so loud. And so we had a rule that you may not yell at each other in our home. Rather than gaining our children's attention by shouting over them, if they were yelling, trying to raise my voice so they would hear me, I would try whispering until they quieted down enough to hear what I was saying. (laughs) So they're yelling at each other, and I'd come in and say, oh, I wonder what's out in the kitchen right now for any boys who could stop yelling. There might be something in that Skittle jar. And they would get quiet. Or I would teach them that whenever I clapped my hands, they were to stop what they were doing and imitate my clap and listen for the next direction. So, you know, I would do a clap of four rapid and two slow. They'd have to copy it. Or five quick and three slow. Or one slow and four quick. And we would just go through that for a while. And then after we'd done that for a while and they weren't yelling at each other any longer— Then I would say, now, tell me what's going on. Why are you so angry? Can I help? What can I do to help solve this problem? Or I would say, one, two, three, look at me. And I would do something funny, you know, put my fingers in my ears or turn around twice and see whoever could look at me first and imitate me. They 
got a Skittle, or they were the first, and they were praised for that. The idea in this is to get your children's attention without yelling, and then let them explain what the problem is, or what the tears are for, what the anger has built up over. You don't want it to escalate by raising your voice. I find if two children are yelling and you raise your voice, then they start yelling to be heard over the other one first. Another tactic we tried to use uh, was this. We would concentrate on a word, a behavior word each week. And I know I've seen you do this with your kids sometimes, Heidi, but maybe it was kindness. And we'd memorize a verse about kindness, and we'd talk about what does kindness mean. Um, There's a passage in in Scripture, you know, where it says, uh, be kind to one another from Ephesians 4. My husband, who understands Greek, (laughs) uh, tells me that that word for kindness is similar to when Jesus says in Matthew, take my yoke upon Mm -hmm. you, for my, my yoke is easy. That's the same word, easy and kind. So we tried to teach that to be kind means to make it easy on the other person. How could you make this easy on your sister or on your brother? And if I caught, let's say kindness was our word for that week, and we learned those two verses and talked about what it means, we'd have a chart on the refrigerator with the word kindness and all their names. And if I saw someone being kind, I'd tell them to go get a sticker and put it on. Or if a sibling saw someone being kind, they could come tell me. A child could not report their own good behavior. (laughs) (laughs) It had to be a sibling. But And then when Daddy would come home at night, we'd see if anybody had gotten a sticker. And by the end of the week, there was always a reward. If someone We'd, we'd set the bar low enough that everybody could win. So all we would need is like three stickers for the whole week. But what it would do, Heidi, is give our kids a more positive way mm-hmm. rather than don't be unkind mm-hmm. to your brother. Don't yell at the, him like that. It would be, oh, I wonder how we can turn this anger around and be kind to one another as Jesus wants us to be. That's good, Jannie. Well, we do want to have contests for good behavior rather than bad, don't we? It makes it a little bit easier on us as moms. But as we've also mentioned before, Heidi, as we try to develop a family code, do you want to talk about that for a minute? We we did mention it already in this podcast, but let's just review it. Mm-hmm. Or to me, I think of it like a family culture. Like, good. who are the Howertons? What are the Howertons love? How do the Howertons treat one another? And it's something that we repeat over and over. It's what I've done as I've raised my kids and Mike has done is we're the Howertons and we love to encourage others or we're the Howertons and we don't talk to each other that way. That's not how we work out our problems. We're the Howertons. Like we we take care of our siblings. And I think part of the culture is what do we love to do together? We're the Howertons and we love to have fun. We're the Howertons and we love to make family memories. I think some of our sweetest time in fostering the relationships among the five of us 
is just doing special things together. It's where the Howertons and on every Friday night, we have a family night, pizza night, movie night. And that's part of our family culture. And we, oh, we're the Howertons and we love biking and let's go have fun and enjoy each other's company. So I also try to put my kids in situations where all five of us are just making really special intentional memories as a family. We, we do things together when the boys played soccer, thankfully they're close enough in age, but we, we all went to the game together and the boys were on the same soccer team. We want to do all of those things together as a family to keep pouring into our culture of we're the Howertons and we love to hang out with each other. Yes. We'll see. My hope is as they get older, sorry for interrupting you, Jenny. Go ahead. But I was going to say, my hope is as they get older, that they're eager to come back and spend time with us. And they're eager to spend time with their siblings and to be around the family culture. Yes. But we'll see in a few years what that turns out to be. I like that uh, word culture even better than a family code. Mm. That's so good to develop that kind of culture. Those of you with children who are more distanced in age can still develop a family Mm -hmm. culture. We want to support each other. So how many of Timmy's soccer games could you make this fall? There are two I see we could go to together and then go out for pizza afterwards. Mm -hmm. Or in your Sunday school class, you can develop a class culture. In our class, we care about each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's so good, Heidi. Thank you for that. You see, it's good for your children to know whether they be your students, your nieces and nephews, your grandchildren, or your own children, that God has put you in the place of teaching them his kind of culture. Mm -hmm. It's a Christian culture that you're trying to develop. And you are the one that God has asked. I would say that to my kids sometimes. Oh, dear whoever I was talking to, dear Gavin, God has asked me as your mommy to teach you this, and I want to obey God, so I am going to teach you this, and I'm going to insist on this. Finally, I would encourage you to speak words of hope Mm -hmm. over your children. We all need hope, don't we? We do. Oh, Ray tells me no one is ever too encouraged. Mm. <laughs> and Romans 15, I think it's verse 13, talks about uh, the God of hope. We serve the God of hope. So we want to speak words of hope over our kids. I used to say, I know it's hard to be kind. It's hard for me to be kind sometimes, especially when you're feeling so mad and so angry. But someday, you're going to be old enough not to hit your brother. Mm -hmm. You won't always be this way. Someday, you won't knock over his Lego building. Someday, you'll learn to use words more than your fists. Kind words. And until then, I get to help you be kind. This is how we're kind in this situation. And then I model it for the child. So speak words of hope that they can look out into the future and see that that's where they want to be. That's where you want them to be. That's where God is calling them to. And I believe that will help Restore the souls of your little ones as well as your own. Heidi and I pray that these few words (laughs) might restore the souls of weary, 
adults who are working with kids mm. who frustrate them and try their patience. May the Lord restore your souls as God helps you give your lives to little people. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is generously funded through Renewal Ministries. If you would like to discover more about Jannie and Ray's ministry or make a donation, visit their website at renewalministries.com. If you have a question for Jannie or would like to learn more about this podcast, please visit our website at herestoresmysoul.org.